Welcome to a special edition of the Live Love Local podcast with me, your host, Darren Langeal. We started this Live Love Local journey at Redline when we unleashed a new charitable campaign and movement that we put out earlier in 2020, where we were seeking to help local business and then help locals in need. Today's podcast is an interview that I had with our chosen charity of choice in our first limited run of Merchant Goods that we released. Um, this charity is the Children's Cottage Society, which is also a part of Brenda's House and the Child Crisis Nursery. Three incredible causes. And today, in this episode, I sit down with Megan, one of their development coordinators at the organization to speak about what they do, why they do it, and learn a lot more about this incredible organization. This one gave me chills. I hope you really enjoy. Hi. You made it. Yeah, how are you? Come on up. Thank you so much. Yeah, so we've got it in our culture space today. I think you'll like the space. So. This will be our home base. Awesome. Right, yeah, so take a seat there. We'll have you positioned there and I'll be here as your interviewee. Well, Megan, thanks. I'm glad you finally made it here and we, we made this. I know being on camera isn't always everybody's favorite thing, um, but thank you for taking some time away from your important job, much more important than mine, <laughs> and uh, to come and chat with us about the organization you get to be a part of. So can you give yourself a little, like, little introduction to those listening, who you are and, and again, who you're working with? Yeah, thank you for having me. Uh, my name is Megan. I'm the development coordinator at the Children's Cottage Society. I actually only started there six months ago, so fairly new to the game, but loving it. I love the cause, I love the organization and everything that they do. I think it's really important work for our city, right? especially right now with everything we've been going through with COVID. Totally. So, is, so the banner organization is the Children's Cottage Society, but then within it, there's a few sub-segments, correct? We've yes. got Brenda's House, we've got, and the, as, as we pointed out yesterday in our conversation, the, the Crisis Nursery. Can you elaborate on the breakdown of kind of the different facets that you guys deal with? So Brenda's House is our emergency shelter for our families. So the families can access Brenda's House when they are near homelessness or they are experiencing the reality of being without a home. So we all know that sometimes things happen, sometimes things happen all at once that just brings us down and we just need that extra support. So Brenda's House is there for those families that need the extra support. Um, and it's nice too because the families can all stay together in the home. So at Brenda's House they actually have private rooms for each family. So whether it's uh, parents with their children or grandparents with their grandchildren, they just have to have an adult with their legal uh, child staying there together. So that's kind of nice that the whole family can stay together and not have to be separated. Yeah, that is interesting. Mm -hmm. So you said near homelessness and they can reach out. So, so maybe can you walk me through, give me an example of how, what that is. So I think sometimes like we've all been there where you're one paycheck away and you just need that extra support. So we're trying to catch families before they're even losing their homes. And we're trying to offer them support and offer them case management and find them community resources in their community that they can reach out to as well. So we're trying to help them before they reach that point of losing their homes. 
Right. So then if and if in fact they are down that path, it's happening mm -hmm. that there's a would be landing spot with you guys yes. temporarily. Yeah, absolutely. And we're trying to get the families out uh, within 90 days. It's actually been a lot shorter during COVID, which has been amazing. And so we're trying new ways and new techniques to find ways to get the family's house even sooner than the 90 days. So that's really nice for the families as well. So when a family comes to you guys, walk me through what happens, right? They've, they've lost their home. Maybe the landlord's evicted them. Property's been foreclosed, something to that degree. Um, and then they end, they end up in and they get housed by you. Yeah. Walk me through what it's like life at Brenda's house and how the, the care goes. So I think Brenda's house tries to keep it as easy for families as possible. You don't want families to feel like they're, they've done something wrong. You don't want them to feel like they're, um, they're for a bad reason. So at Brenda's house, it's nice because they can stay together and you, the staff kind of give the families a lot of freedom to choose whether they choose to interact with the group or whether they'd like to do things on their own. Um, we do have cooks and like uh, kitchen staff that will do meals. If people have dietary concerns, we try and meet those concerns as much as possible. Sometimes if it's an extreme dietary concern, we'll let the families cook the meals for themselves. Um, so we try and give them the freedom and we want to give them the feel that it is their home, even if it's just for the time being. You don't want them to feel completely lost. So it's definitely a nice environment. There's lots of kids at all times. So those kids, right now it's a little difficult with social distancing, but a lot of the kids try and play together and they make some new friends. So that's really nice as well. And then the parents have each other for support and for um, making new friendships as well because we all know that support even with like other adults other parents can be really important especially now where we it is very socially socially isolated and mm -hmm. lonely and I think going into the winter months and the caseloads growing that we're probably gonna feel even more of that mm -hmm. so that's really unique when a family comes to you, what do they have left do they are they coming with clothes are they coming with stuff can you walk me through that I think it's different based on the family. Yeah. Um, Brenda's house doesn't have a lot of storage space, so unfortunately, unfortunately, if they've coming, if they're coming to Brenda's house, they're not really coming with furniture and items like that. If there's stuff that they really, really want to keep, we will try and find a way. Um, families are coming a lot of the times with just a bag of clothes and a bag of hygiene. Sometimes not even that. So we're always trying to provide those basic needs for those families. So that's our biggest goal is to, uh, to provide the basic needs to the families and the children. Gotcha. And then as, as you transition somebody out mm -hmm. and you find that right placement, it's because they've got some financial stability now. Yeah. Um, uh, walk me through, like, as you, they transition out, what... How do you know there's a, there's a confidence that they can stay on their own? Like, can you give me a little context to how that works? So they are all assigned a caseworker, um, and then those caseworkers will work with the family members to find other community resources that can help them out as well. So when we transition them out of Brenda's house, we make sure all of their basic needs are being met. So we're making sure they have stuff to sleep on, to sit on, to wear, items like that. Um, and then anything else, we have other community connections and we will try and make sure that those are within the family's 
near community so that they can access those services as well. Because we really want the families to be able to um, find services and resources on their own as well. We just want to be that extra support for when they need the extra help. Gotcha. So you're kind of arming them with a whole bunch. So the, I mean, mm -hmm. so they're coming with very little, hopefully leaving both with a plan mm -hmm. to stay out and handle the financial needs to support yeah. a family uh, as they transition out. So this is where the wish list comes involved. Yes. So yours, as we were talking before, transitions based on the season. Yeah. And of course the goal is while they're with you to have these items on hand, but also you want to supply them with a lot as they leave. Mm -hmm. What specifically, as we transition into the winter, are some of the hot button items from the Brenda's House perspective that uh, you guys are looking for support from? So with Brenda's House, um, I actually talked to a staff member yesterday and asked her what kind of items would be the most needed. And she said, think about what you use for your family. What's something that you buy every single week at the grocery store? What's something that you buy every season for your kids? So that's items like uh, winter jackets, winter boots. Some families, their kids may not have boots. They may not have winter jackets. It's also really important to think of the parents as well. We have um, women, we have men, and some of them are only coming in with the shirt on their back. So we're also trying to think, when it comes to Brenda's house, we also have to think about the adults in the program as well, um, and sometimes they get overlooked. So we're looking at, yeah, all of those winter items. Um, when it comes to Brenda's house and the actual program needs, cleaning supplies, food, toilet paper, like the stuff that you buy at the grocery store for your family every single day, we're taking care of families, we're taking care of children. We have those families and children in our care. We also will be using those kind of items as well. So I thought that was a really nice way of looking at it was what is something that you would use for your family that you would buy for your family? So we're basically looking at the same kind of items. Do you find that as families transition out, I just, I know moving and changing, losing something, having to default uh, to, a, to a service, an organization like yours where you basically have to restart and then now you're back out going mm -hmm. again, that's a lot of stress. Yeah. There's a lot, I mean, it takes a lot to get a family fed, watered, maintained, especially yeah. in a big city and the costs aren't low. Do you find, is, is Brenda's House providing support once they're out of the home, mm -hmm. onward, just like some, some like stabilization fund in a sense? How does that work? So once they're leaving Brenda's house, they're usually assigned a caseworker, and then that will be from some of our other programs as well. So we have a couple of other housing programs that will make sure that those families are meeting their basic needs, that they're getting the financial support they need. So we're not just saying, bye, here's your home, there's nothing else we're gonna do for you. We're making sure that we're not leaving them out in the cold. We're making sure that they know that they're supported, that they have all of these resources right at their hands, and they just, have to work with us working with them so it's really important that they aren't feeling so scared and stressed we're just trying to make everything a little bit easier for them for sure and you guys is it 14 families at a time when it's non-covid is that right yeah. right now you're down to how many at a time i think right now they've upped it to 10 families gotcha. at right now um because each family has their own private room and their own private uh, bathroom that's why we were actually able to continue staying open. Because I know some shelters had to close down 
because they have shared spaces and we do have shared space but we are also lucky enough to be able to have the space to successfully physically distance from one another so that was really lucky for us. I would think too as these families transition out and you're basically putting the, the, the clothes on their back again right from from the basics all the way through coats that you know I can I could get a sense from from charities that are all trying to do similar things, so just people close them, that the quality of the clothes actually does matter because we don't know when they can buy another set. Yeah. Right? Is that fair to say? And 100%. Um, we see a lot of donations. A lot of people will give us donations, which is wonderful that they're thinking of us, but sometimes we receive donations with holes or stains or they're not even something that someone could wear anymore and so it's tough because you want to appreciate every single donation and we do appreciate every single donation but we don't want to give our families we don't want to give our children clothes that are garbage because what they're receiving is how they're going to be feeling so if you are giving them clothes that look like garbage they're going to feel like that's all they deserve when they don't deserve garbage they deserve as much as everyone else like any one of us could be in that situation at any time. So I think it's very important that we're giving good quality items to our families and our children. Yeah, I mean, I think that kind of hit home to me as I was exploring your organization as we were pushing our Live Love Local campaign out. Um, I knew we didn't have the biggest dollar amount to provide and mm -hmm. to make a major impact like some of the major brands. But I know with our give, giving through local vendors where where they are boutique, similar to yeah. the, you, the quality of the garments coming down when we facilitate this to you guys, I know I'll be proud of that. And yeah. I was, and I, and I, as I was thinking about you guys, I believed it was going to make a really long impact because, mm -hmm. yeah, that transition through home to homelessness to getting back on my feet—it's expensive. Yeah. And even my own budgeting, I don't find that I'm buying frequent things year after year. You need it to last. Yeah. Amazing. Um, can we, can you, I mean, without sharing too much personal info here, because a lot of us um, that are doing very well and continue to do well, of course, and there's a gap between what we do and we, how we live in our lives to, to understanding how I could get to homelessness. Mm -hmm. But can you give me a little, a couple profiles of, of people you've seen come through Brenda's house that maybe might be very close to one of yours and my friends. Yeah. And, and maybe walk me through how close this actually ha is um, for some people here in Calgary. I think right now, one of the biggest ones we've seen is because of COVID. So we all know that businesses have shut down. A lot of people have lost their jobs and sometimes our rent or our mortgage is just too much and you just can't meet that. Um, you can't pay for your utilities and then you're starting to get into trouble and you need the extra support and some of these families just Haven't been able to pay those bills and that's why they're coming to us um, They've lost their jobs whether it's one parent both parents. We have a lot of single parents come through and as one person to provide for one two or more children that can be very very expensive it's hard to provide for just one person so this is the families that are coming to us like especially through covid we've seen a lot of people are just losing their jobs and not able to make ends meet and that's why they're coming to us and it could be any single one of us for sure i could see our our, our kids at school 
and looking around the room and it could be any one of those kids and you would mm -hmm. never know because they, they put on such a brave face. Yeah. But the reality of our economic situation is so tight for so many yeah. that, uh, I mean, I, I bring that up for us to be empathetic to it, mm -hmm. but also to know that, hey, if you are that close to that, I mean, your friends will probably want to help you too, yeah. but just don't keep it all in and, and, and go all the way to the end without telling anybody. Exactly. I think we all want to pretend like we're doing really well, but we're all fighting our own battles. And I think it's really important that no matter what battle you're fighting, you're reaching out for support, whether it's to friends, to family members, to support services. I think it's very important and that's the best thing you can do for yourself and your family. I, I think more than ever our society needs to be okay to be vulnerable a little bit. We need each other. Mm -hmm. uh, organizations like yours have always had your hands wide open, but uh, again, there's a lot of the collective good of each other that could support each other before we end up all the way down in needing like from the bottom up type, type support. So let's talk and let's switch gears over to the crisis nursery. Uh, and can you shed some light on, on what that is? So the crisis nursery is the program we're actually most well known for. We're one of three in all of Alberta. So that's really cool that we're offering one of those services. Um, the Crisis Nursery is a place where parents can come and they can actually drop off their child or their children for up to 72 hours of care. So this is when parents are facing a super high amount of stress or they're facing a crisis or they just need that extra support and they're just feeling like they're done, they just need a break and we're there to be able to offer that support and that respite. Oh, interesting. So this is not just families that are staying at Brenda's house. This is for almost like an overwhelmed position. And mm -hmm. it's maybe I'm having to do two jobs or I'm just yeah. stressed or maybe I'm dealing with maybe addiction issues and I just need a break. Is that fair to say? Yeah, 100%. We are open to anyone in Calgary and our surrounding areas. Um, and yeah, a lot of the people that access the crisis nursery, they're single parents. I think anyone that's been a single parent can know that it can be incredibly overwhelming. It can be tough to juggle daily life and then taking care of yourself and taking care of your child. And so I think sometimes those single parents just need the extra help from us and they just need to drop off their child for a day or two to just focus on taking care of themselves as well because we're very cautious and aware of taking care of our children, not always aware of taking care of ourselves. So I think it's also important that parents are taking care of themselves and when they're dropping their kids off at the crisis nursery, they're recognizing that need. So that's really important as well. And this is for age group uh, zero, you said zero to eight, is that right? Yes, so we'll take newborn babies, we'll take up to age eight. After age eight, there's other programs um, that we can offer as well, or that we can refer families to when they need the extra help. That's incredible. Um, I could just, I could, I could see so many needs for that. I'm a, I'm a parent of three. Of course, my wife works, very fortunate. But again, life is intense, mm -hmm. and, and, and I have help, and I have uh, parents in town. So I could see so many people that just don't have that. Yeah. And of course, the, the stresses on us to just maintain are so high these days. Yeah. Amazing. Um, yeah, when the, when the children are dropped off, do you find sometimes that they're lacking some of, of life's 
basic necessities too. And are you there supplying some of that and, and, and clothes and, and, and stuff mm -hmm. back to the families? So we are lucky enough to have lots of donations come to the crisis nursery. Um, a lot of people take the initiative to research different foundations and organizations throughout the city and a lot of people will come um, to the crisis nursery and donate clothing, toothbrushes, toothpaste, diapers is a big one. Um, and the kids that are coming to us, they're usually pretty well supplied, but we do want to make sure that they're all coming in and getting a brand new toothbrush. If they're babies, obviously we want to make sure that they have clean diapers and we're making sure that the parents have these things at home as well. If they don't, we'll try and share what we can. We do have to keep enough for our own program, but we will we'll never just say, okay, here's your child, we're not going to give you anything else. We'll always try and make sure they have their pajamas or some diapers, toothbrush, toothpaste, uh, shampoo, items like that. So it's really nice that we're getting those donations from the city and that like people in our community are able to support us so that we can support the families that are coming to us. And is this a program that uh, a mother, a father, a grandparent who's looking after the kids, can they reuse the child, the crisis nursery over and over again? Yeah, absolutely. Um, we have a lot of families that will come on a regular basis um, because once they've used us, they realize how much of a necessity it is and how important it is to be able to have that break and have that opportunity to get other things done and uh, work with certain situations. So a lot of the parents that use our services are newcomers to Canada. They may not have friends, they may not have family here for support. So if they're going to job interviews and job training, they have no one to drop their, their children with. So that's when they'll utilize the crisis nursery. And so we have lots of families like that and we'll support them as much as they need. And we'll also have our workers um, connect them with other services and other resources as well. Wow. And then I guess as we get closer to Christmas, when a lot of children will be without gifts and stuff, I'm assuming it, there's a bit of a seasonal trend to mm -hmm. let's have some toys on hand and let's hopefully supply them. Is that, does that enter the mix? Yes, uh, usually we get a lot of toy donations during the holiday season. Um, this year we're not too sure what to expect. Um, so we're hoping that we can have toys and gift cards that we can share with our families. Uh, we're not promising anything this year just because everything is so up in the air. But we're really, really hoping that we can give something to each of the families that is using our services. And when the kids come to the crisis nursery, we always have toys and activities for them. We're never just saying, oh, go find something to go play with. We have toy rooms and we have so many things for them to play with and we want to make sure that they're staying engaged, that they're having fun, that being at the nursery isn't a scary experience for them. So all of our staff, all of our volunteers, they're so kind and so sweet with the kids and the kids actually really enjoy the crisis nursery so we're happy that we're a good experience. Yeah it sounds like you're curating that where there's a lot of love there, there's a lot of like attention which sometimes if you are that busy if we are hitting overwhelm, our kids also feel like we're pushing them away because mm -hmm. you're just trying to achieve life, right? Yeah. So oh, that's that's a neat, a neat element. Thanks for sharing that. So both for the Crisis Nursery, Brenda's House, the best way to stay informed about how we can help 
would be on your website mm -hmm. as well as there's a wish list every time I go there and I need to find it it's very easy to find there's a yeah. wish list and that's what you guys keep updating is that fair yes yeah so we keep our wish list as updated as we can um, we kind of change it seasonally or as needed and then we also have our social media outlets and every now and then when there is a high need for something we'll do a call out on social media I know the other day we had a need for some boys pants and the response we had was amazing so yeah social media is also a way that you can see our how do we find you uh, we are on Twitter we're at children's cottage um, Facebook is Children's Cottage Society and Instagram is uh, at Children's Cottage as well. Nice. So. so simple the way it should be. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and we, we do have links to it on our website as well if anyone has an issue. Awesome. Well, those are the questions I had. I think we've, I know I've learned a ton more about the different segments of your organization and I think we've shed a lot of light on this too. So thank you for, for kind of letting us in. Um, as I let you go, is there anything else that you kind of wanted to share or you think should be shared so that we can pass this along to the people watching? I just think um, our organization is really important. We do a lot of important work. Um, I think it's also important that the families know that we are there to support them, whether they're already families that have reached out or they're families that haven't reached out yet and are maybe a little scared to. I think it's really important, I've said this before, that we all ask for help. We all need help every now and then. Just because you need help doesn't mean that you've done something wrong. It doesn't mean that you're a bad person. So I think it's just really important to ask for support when you need it. Actually, that leads me to my last thing. And that's right, we've spoken so much about how we could give and support the program. But if you're in need, what's the best way to reach out? The best way to reach out is to contact our crisis nursery. The phone number is on the website. Um, we also have a bunch of other information on the website, other links to some of our other programs that might be a better fit for what you're looking for. So if in need, just reach out, call the phone number, call my number, anything that you can find on there and someone will find the proper place for you to go and for you to receive help. All right, and I think from your experience, you're probably finding reach out sooner than later so that we can make a plan, mm -hmm. get you in the queue and work towards a, yeah. a good, happy outcome. Is that fair? Yeah, I, I think so. I think it's never too early to ask for help, but sometimes it can be a little too late. So you do want to just be a little bit more proactive, make sure that you're taking care of yourself, make sure you're taking care of your family. Amazing. That's the perfect place to end it. So thank you for coming and sharing this. We're so grateful to be a part of this. and. Uh, and so grateful for your organization. So thank you, Megan. Awesome, thank you so much for having me. Okay, I got a little gift for you from our Live Love Local campaign so that you can bring that back. So I'm gonna go run out and get that, okay? Okay, awesome, thank you. So here we go. This is awesome. what we're doing. This is thank the you. Live Love Local campaign. And I think I've told you all about this. It's basically, oh, yeah. we're partnering with locals. We've got this brand of merchant goods. We're selling this and all the profits plus are then being further invested into local business. And then eventually when we purchase stuff through them, we'll end up in the Brenda's house. So this okay. is something, awesome. maybe you, lo you love it, rock it proudly. Yeah, very nice. <laughs>
Yeah, we hashtag everything. So if you are wearing it, give us some love, build the cause, because we know where it's coming, which is right back into your guys' world. Absolutely, thank you, I appreciate it. Yeah, it's super cozy, my wife loves it. <laughs> <laughs>